Welcome to Burning the Edge. We would like to welcome to the tea our host, Mr. Arthur Miller Jr. And we aim to keep it good. Thank you for listening to the Burning the Edge podcast. Want to give a special thanks to my buddy Trip Powell over at Golf the Yard for allowing us to film there this week. Also want to give a shout out to Veritex Bank out of Texas for supporting the APGA Tour. And special thanks to Ricky Hudson Jr. for hooking me up with J.P. Thornton with this interview. Please like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate all the likes. We appreciate all the follows. Tune in to the podcast on all of their wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, check us out on YouTube. Uh, welcome, JP Thornton. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah man. So, man, tell me, man, how did you get to the game of golf, man? Oh, uh, man, it's, it's, uh, it's about a 30 year story, to be honest with you. <laughs> 30 years? Yeah, I, uh, I got introduced to the game when I was seven. Okay. Uh, back in 92. Um, my brother actually started before me. Uh, it was a it was an inner city program that was kind of based at Pine Hill Golf Course over yeah. in, um, in South Memphis. It's called the Mid-South Junior Golf Association. It later evolved into the first tee of uh, Memphis. But I started, I got my first introduction in 1992 okay. when I was seven. But when I was seven, the program actually didn't start um, taking juniors until they were eight years old. So okay. I, I was actually at the program when I was seven, but I used to have to watch my brother get picked up. You know, drop him out, yeah. pick him up. Yeah. And... I got my start around the, around the chipping and the putting green, so okay. that's all I really could do. Was yeah, just, you know, put yeah. chip and then just kind of. Hey, that's the way to start. You know, outside looking in, so I had to really watch that for about a year or something. Yeah, like the year I had to watch that for a whole year, and then eventually when I was eight, that's when I got my start in the, in the summer program. Okay, so it was ran by uh, what's the guy name? Uh, Charles Hudson. Charles Hudson, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he was the founder of that program, and a couple other guys um, also helped out with the the camps and everything yeah so um you actually got to meet tiger woods didn't it yeah um, yeah very 19, yeah that was in 97 yeah so, yeah that was about five years down the road from when i was seven years old cool he actually came to pine hill he did a exhibition he did like a clinic and an exhibition yeah. where he pretty much hit all types of shots they had it set up like kind of stadium stadium seating yeah it was on hole number eight for me with pine hill yeah he was right there on that red tee at the bottom of that hill right and had they had stadium like some bleachers and everything kind of set up so yeah. it, was, it was a great experience you know yeah. meeting him especially after he had just won the masters yeah he had won the, his first masters at he was 21 he had just won his first masters so it was just like meeting you know it was yeah it was one of my starstruck moments yeah so, yeah that's cool man so so how did you get how did you know that you wanted to pursue the game of golf uh i guess you could say it was high school um when i got to high school i started playing a little bit better mm-hmm. start winning more tournaments okay. and um when i was 17 18 years old i ended up winning the, the u.s amateur public sectionals where i was able to go to the u.s amateur publics okay. so when i started winning winning tournaments like that you know i ended up um, you know winning the city championship a few times in, in high school when i went to white station won there my sophomore junior year i played pretty well in state tournaments through tennessee and then really when i made it made it to um I almost made it to match play in the U.S. Amateur Publics, went up there and had a hole-in-one. I felt like that would be something I, I wanted to do. And as I got into college, you know, I ended up getting a golf scholarship to Texas Southern University. And from there, it just, I just developed a passion for it and, you know, met a lot of people along the way, you know, such as Tiger, a lot of other PGA Tour players. And, you know, being inside the ropes with them and watching them play was just something that, I, you know, just wanted to do. 
So was it? It seemed like it must have been pretty natural to you. Tell me, but was it natural to you? Or? Yeah, I mean, my first lesson it was. I didn't have any problems making contact, yeah. so the hand and eye coordination for sure was yeah. there. <laughs> so know? did you play baseball or something? Or? I mean, I grew up playing all the sports. Okay. Like, of course, being from Memphis, you know, I right. started playing basketball. Right, right. That was of my course. first love, of for course. sure. You yeah. know, but I didn't grow, apparently. <laughs> I, mean, I, got to, I got to high school, you know, the point guard of high school, he was 6'6", doing back dunks, and I was like, uh, you know, I went to White Station right. at that time. We, they had a really good basketball oh, team. Yeah. You know, they yeah. won state championships three out of four years, and I was like, you know, uh, Look like I got a better a better <laughs> shot and some more longevity if I just stick to golf and right. I was I was good at it at the time too so I just you know decided to pursue that but I love baseball I mean basketball football I like that I played that in middle school but like okay. I say I didn't I didn't grow <laughs> so you know football I got ruled out pretty quick right. you know and I right. you know just you know I was just a smaller frame kind yeah. of guy so it was just yeah. you know golf was something I could play. Non-contact sport, right? You know, it has a lot of longevity, and that's why I'm 37 now. And I'm still playing. Right, right. So tell me, like, um, what's what's your favorite course that you ever played on? Like, if it's if you got to play a course for the rest of your life, what course is this? Oh man, uh, as of right now, my favorite courses I've seen or I played. Right. Well, Either one, if you've seen or played, whichever. Well, one. I mean, last year I got a chance to see Pebble Beach, and yeah. that was. That was beautiful. It was a beautiful course, but yeah. to me personally, it's just a little too cold for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right it's, on the water. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it'd be anywhere between 55 to about 62 degrees. Right. 62, 63 if you catch it on a good day. Right. But it's a beautiful course. I mean, yeah. you have to put on, you know, put a layer up. Right, right, out there, right, right. But that's by far a beautiful course. Um, yeah. Torrey Pines, it's, it's, I played that course. It's, okay. It's a beautiful course, too. Yeah. Just a beautiful piece of property right off the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. That's a nice one, but... That's a tough one too. I mean, because you can go out there and hit it. You can play bad, but it's so beautiful you can't even be mad. Right, so right, it's, it's right. It's one of those bittersweet type golf courses. Right, right. So I, those are probably my t my t top favorites. Um, I seen Spyglass Hill too. It's beautiful. It's right there in the Monterey. Yeah. Uh, Monterey Peninsula Country Club. Anything up there in the Monterey area, you probably I could probably play those for life though. I just have to put on put on some extra layers. Yeah, <laughs> pick, yeah. Pick the right time to go. So how do you? So you're 37 now, and you still pursuing, you know, the PGA, you know, and um, so what is your, what has been your biggest accomplishment so far that you think? Um, not maybe one that everybody else will say, but one that you felt, you know, you know what, like if it was like maybe like round one, you was maybe some strokes behind, and then round two, you just came back and, and you know played where you wanted to be. Up to this point, my. My professional victory that was big for me, just kind of and Sugarloaf. Yeah, Sugarloaf, yeah. the TPC Sugarloaf. That was yeah. big for me because I, you know, it was. Let's see, I graduated in the '07. I didn't get my first win in 2020, so that was like a 13 year gap. Yeah, and you, a lot of doubt can creep in. You're right, right. You know right. if you can do it, or right. if you cannot do it. Right. And it was a lot of other stuff along the way. You know, I had to have jobs. And right. I just the the perseverance part of. It, that's what I like about that win. It was real special to me. Right. Um, the U.S. Amateur Pub Links, that was special, too. Right. That's where I made my first hole-in-one at up there. That was really special. What course was that? Uh, that was Blue Heron Pines in, in, in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Okay. That was really special. But um, some of the, I have to say that win at Sugarloaf was one of my favorite moments. Also, uh, when, I Monday, when I actually played in a PJ Tour event, it was a, it was a nationwide tour. Back okay. in 2011, that was a special time yeah. for me. So those, those three right there are probably the, 
the top three that rang out in you know in my mind that right. just come straight up. Right. So, so where was the nationwide? I can't remember where. So that was in two thousand eleven. Okay. In um, September two thousand eleven. Okay. Um. That was when I really decided, like when I was 26, that's when I really decided like I wanted to pursue it. Yeah. Because I got out of college and it was in 07, just started working. You know, I was working in the golf industry, worked at Golf Tech. Right. Um, you know, just had, you know, caddying, doing stuff like that in Houston. And I just took out when I was 26, was like, I'm just going to try it. Yeah. You know, just give myself a shot at it. Right, right. And within probably three months, four months of trying it, I went out and shot 65 and you know, Monday qualified for a nationwide tour event, which yeah. is now the Corn Ferry Tour. Right. And, you know, just went out on my own and, you know, it was just one of those things. Just to, and that kind of helped me solidify, like, yeah, I can play with those right. guys. I can I can play on in those conditions, you know, and and, and I could compete. And right. I didn't make the cut in the tournament. I think I shot 72 the first day. Then I caught a bad wave the second day. But that was a great experience being inside the ropes. You know, watch. You know, out there, I, like for instance, um, I don't know if you're watching the Players Championship, but Tom Hoagie, he was playing. Yeah, yeah, home. yeah. I played with Tom Hoagie. Yeah. In, in that tournament. Yeah. My my first um, corn fairy tour event because he was on the corn fairy yeah. tour ten years ago. Yeah. And I was. Yeah, he's playing. a little older too. Yeah. Uh, I think we're about the same age. About the same age. Yeah, yeah. We, we are. And yeah. I mean, he was right. We was just right. He was just getting started, I believe. Yeah. And like to play with him and watch him win, win at right. Pebble, right? And to see him in contention right. with the players, as you know, like I said, it's motivation within itself too. Right, right. So it's just things like that. But yeah. those three things are probably the the three biggest things for me to ring out. Was one was the the U.S. Amateur Pub Links. You know, um, I think that year Ryan Moore won, which yeah. he played on the PJ Tour. Yeah. Ray Snedeker, he was there. Yeah, it was just like they, they were amateurs at the time. So just being competing with those people and. And just knowing I got the game to get to that level, I right. just, that's what helped me keep going. And then eventually I have things along the way to kind of, you know, it just gives me a little bit more right, fuel right, to the fire. Right, like, the, right. you know, like I said, the U.S. Amateur Pub Leagues, and I go to college, had a pretty successful career in college. I played in the SWAG. We won a SWAG championship in 2007. Okay. Uh, I was all-conference my freshman and my senior year. And from there, you know, Monday qualifying, you know, Making it through a, a, a six-man six playoff, four spots, making it through that. Wow. You know, having to birdie my last three holes to make it into the playoff and then birdie in the last, first hole of the playoff. And, you know, it's oh, just... Oh, yeah, you, you're pretty good like at that, man. Yeah, it just, it just, those are things that yeah. just, kept, just kept me going because yeah. I knew I could do it. Right, you know, right, right. Of, you know, a lot of people, you know, you'll hear, you get noise. That's why I call it outside, outside interferences to tell you, nah, you might need to go get your job, you know. You miss your time and things of that nature, you know, but I just, it was just me just to have that, you know, that diligence and that, you know, just having right. that, 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 you know, that never give up attitude. Right. I guess you could say that's the Memphis. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know? No, man, I've just known you from Memphis, you know, uh, you went to White Station, man. And so you, how did you meet Ricky? Me and Ricky met in the program, so okay. I've been on Ricky since like '93. Ah, okay, 94. cool. Okay. Matter of fact, he was there with me. He, he still says that's his hole in one. Yeah. He in, uh, Atlantic City. He, he okay. caddied for me in Atlantic City. Ah, okay. He clubbed me on that one. Yeah. I, I give him a shout out to Ricky. Yeah. I, I give him a, you know, give him his kudos on that. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've been friends a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, he's actually he's one of those. One of those people that kept me going, especially cool. when I was in high school, because right. actually he went to Alabama State and. When he was in college, he he actually used to beat up on me. Really? <laughs> yeah, he did. Okay. And, um, like I say, just him him constantly pushing me when I was in in high school through those years, and it just gave me that drive. And eventually, I got to a point where it, <laughs> that, 
you know, it just I yeah. kind of just ascended to another level. Yeah, I man, I play with Ricky. Ricky can play, man. He, yeah, he, he can. Ball, like, even all my friends from from those years in the Miss Southern Golf Association, they still they're like family to me. Yeah, like, I remember so. Yeah, to Will Keys, to um, you know, Larry, um, a lot of guys. Like okay. it just. I mean, it's handful. Like, yeah, we everywhere. Yeah, so it's just we we just like you know we always been friends. So Keys is on the APGA. Is he on the APGA? Nah, he's um he's the head pro at uh Pine Hill now. Oh, okay, man, yeah, that's but, um, crazy. Like I can say man. we've been friends for over twenty twenty five years. Yeah, you know, we traveled together. We used to go to junior tournaments uh, in the summertime, traveling together. And it was just a it's just a bond. Yeah, like, you know, it's not too many. You know, black people within right. that that they actually play golf. Right. So it's it's just like a fraternity within a right. know, within it. So yeah. Same thing with APGA. You know, it's it's a minority tour, and we we're, we're really closely knit because a lot of us when we go to other tournaments, we travel together. You know, we we room together. You know, we just you know we just try to help each other out and uplift each other. You know, right. Hopefully, we all can you know get to that next level. Right. Right. So how did so who are you closest with on the uh, APGA? Close with a lot of guys. Um. I mean, me, me and Kamaya, we pretty close. Kamaya Johnson, yeah. I catered for him twice. That's why. That's when I went to Pebble. Okay. I catered for him at, at Pebble, and I catered for him this year at Tory. Okay. Um, we we roomed together a bunch. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of guys. Uh, Michael Herrera, we're pretty close. I'm pretty close with everybody out there. Okay. I mean, it's it's about you kind of have to be, huh? I guess. You yeah. Know. I mean, because it's certain people that you see at the other tournaments, right? Like, and you know, it's just we, we all kind of know each other because right. we're, we're at those you know other events like right. mini tour events and Monday qualifiers and things of that nature yeah. so I would say it's probably 15 to 20 guys like we you know I, we, we stay in contact with each other and yeah. try to see what each other each other's doing you know and try to figure out tournaments to play in things of that nature so we stay in communication with each other and it's like a it's a close knit group and that's just within the, the pro part of right. it. and then you got your my HBCU friends like that I played at Jackson State with, okay. um, Alabama A&M, yeah. uh, Alabama State. It's a lot of guys, you know, all over the country, and it's just like it's a group of us. So what? Do you, so like the other guys that you talked about, the AC, HBCU guys. Like uh, I met one guy, um, Greg. He won the Amateur Publix this year. Ah, Greg yeah, Greg. Yeah, yeah he, exactly. he sees the pro that I see, Mark Grace. Okay. And so yeah, so that's that how I got to meet okay. him, and. Um, that dude, he he smacks the ball too, man. Oh yeah, Greg, oh, young dude, man. Yeah, I was like, that is crazy, man. Yeah, but he, he um, the ball, and it's a good thing he's up there at Howard, you know, right. with Steph Curry, right? Um, you know, donating that money to the program to get it started. Yeah, I mean, he's in a really good situation right, right now. Right, you know, he just, you know, he keep keeps his head down, and keep practicing. You so, know, sky's the limit for him. That's a good thing you said that. I was listening to um, I don't know if you're familiar you probably are, but Beyond the Fairway podcast yeah Doug and yeah, yeah you see yeah. like I said that's another close friends okay you know so like Doug, had... me and Doug we've been knowing each other since we were like 15 really yeah I used to go to his house in the summertime so all y'all know each other then, it's, I a, mean, it's a closely knit group I of see. people like Will we played a lot of golf together like I mean numerous rounds together so it's like that's crazy you know, all these guys I, I need to get in the group man I just can I just be on the text messages you know man, I should text in and out again I mean, like know. I say these, this is years of friendship <laughs> I know like, I mean, right Will I know I've been doing Will for probably over 10 years you know we played the APJ tour when it first started yeah. back in you know 2011-2012 and like I say Doug been knowing him since I was 15 you know, Dang. we played junior golf together up, you know, up through college. You know, he played at FAMU. We went to University Dang. of Kentucky, Louisville, and all those places. Like, hey, I did not know that it was. I mean, I guess I would imagine so. You know, you go to the tournaments and you seeing 
I mean, it's only so many of us. I mean, it's only so many of us. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're at a tournament and you know it's predominantly white. Yeah. And if you see someone that looks like you, yeah, you automatically gonna go, right, right. have a bomb, right, just right. because, like, just because, yeah. Hey, I don't see see me out here. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, automatically gonna yeah. get a bomb because, like I say, it's not too many too, too many black people that right that play play golf and 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 are competitive with it. Right. On top of that, and can play. Right. So that's an automatic like bomb within right. itself. Right. right there, so it's just it's like that, pretty much wherever I go. Yeah, from from whatever, from if I'm in Arizona, California, Florida, wherever I'm at, you know, some Atlanta, I'm gonna know somebody right. that, that plays golf, and it's like a it's like a connect group, I guess you could say. So I was listening to them on their podcast, and they had Jim Thorpe on there, and he said back in the let's say seventies to mid seventies, you know, mm-hmm. and he said it was at least. He would say he would say it for sure over ten guys that yeah. was on the PJ tour. Without a doubt, it was so, more guys on the tour then than it is now. So tell me, why do you think that is? I, I mean, resources within itself. I mean, okay. then it was a, they, they had a tour, which is the UGA. Right. UGA, yeah. And they were they were, they were, I mean, also the the finance part of it wasn't. It, it takes a lot of money now compared yeah. to what it did in the seventies yeah. and eighties. Yeah. And they used to be able to travel together, playing those UGA events. You know get you know had a way to make a living for themselves they room together travel together and things of that nature right. and it was just they went out and just got it right. you know and then like i say the strength of fields i wouldn't say were as strong, strong. as it is now mm-hmm. i would say you know everybody hits it further everybody hits it straighter technology is through the room right so it's a lot more that goes into actually getting on tour now as far as fitness right. nutrition yeah. you know you gotta have a trainer you right. gotta have a swing coach <laughs> you gotta have equipment you gotta have a great place to go play because you got to be able to have something that that you can simulate the actual conditions you're going to see when right. you go to those PJ Tour tournaments, which is, I can't simulate that. Like, for instance, I'm here in Memphis. There's only maybe three courses where I can go and actually simulate the actual conditions I'm going to see when I go go to those PJ Tour events. Okay. What like, courses would they be? That would be Southwind. Um, that would be Colonial, South Course. That would be... Um, would you say Miramichi? Miramichi, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can get you there. Yeah, I would say that Tunica. They've actually had Tunica National. Yeah. yeah, they actually had a U.S. Open sectionals there before. Yeah, that's a beast. Um, Spring Creek, they got the practice facilities for, and mm-hmm. the course is long enough. I mean, okay. courses that's over over seven thousand yards that you will see. Mm-hmm. You know, greens running 11, 12 on the stem. Those are pretty much three courses. And then, I mean, it's just those are three, four courses. I would say that could get you where you need to go. I also went like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Went like the East Course. Okay. They used to have Monday qualifiers out there every year. Yeah. Pros come in, they wouldn't they they you wouldn't see any eight or nine unders at that course. So, <laughs> I mean, those are probably the five courses that you have to be at yeah. if you wanted to to do something out of and Ridgeway too. I yeah, mean. okay. And Germantown. Yeah. It was a couple well Germantown gone, gone now. Man. It's unfortunate, you know. I, I hate to see uh Germantown go, but yeah. it's gone. Now. But a lot of those courses I just mentioned are country clubs. You know, yeah. they're yeah, you know, they're not they're not the uh, <laughs> your public courses. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not the cheapest either. Nah. You try, to, try to get in too. Right, so, right, right. You know, it's just one of those things. So man, what are you, what are you looking forward to the most this year? This um, season. This season? Uh winning, really. Um just <laughs> You know, getting more experience because last year really was my first really full year of uh, playing professional okay. golf, and it was it was an eye opening experience learning how to travel as much as I did last year. Because before that, I used to I used to work. I, I had a you know had had to work. Yeah. So you say, don't have you know, a regular nine to five now. No, I'm I'm actually just full time okay, playing cool. golf. I got a sponsor from a from a bank out of Dallas, oh, Veritex cool. Bank. Yeah. Um, they they sponsor uh, like seven PJ Tour players and I believe seven Corn Ferry. 
players and then me as yeah. well. So they help fund my my tournaments and my travel, things of that nature. That's good. And uh, so to where I'm able to, you know, just play full time. Yeah. So what what as a community, what can we do to help support guys like you, man? For me, um, really at this point, I mean, honestly, it's, it's all monetary at this point yeah. for me. I mean, because it's, it's just so expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, with the travel. And, yeah. You know, having to have equipment and things. And thank, thank goodness I have, um, the, the bank does help with that a lot. Right. But I mean, I, on top of that, you know, I do have personal expenses. Right, right, right. Like that. So right. that money they have is solely for the golf. So yeah. I still have to be able to right. take yeah, care of myself, yeah, pay my yeah. bills and things yeah. of that nature. And that's where it comes to the point of this year <laughs> on the mini tours, you have to win or either top five most of the tournaments to even actually make money. Right, that's what right. makes it so tough. Right. And I mean, and everybody on the mini tour, they can play just as good as the guys on the PJ tour, right? You know, if not better, right? You know, they just haven't had their breakthrough yet either. Yeah. So well, some of them fall kind of fall back sometimes, don't it? And then if yeah. they lose their card, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean, you, that you means you can't regress, and then and they yeah, back, I mean, you know? that means they just as good. <laughs> I yeah. mean, if you was just there playing with them, like I mean, just the time I just left from, I mean, the guy that won, he got PJ um, Latin America status. <laughs> you know, and uh, the guy that won the tournament in, in San Diego, he has corn fairy to a Yeah. You know, so it's like you're playing against guys that can that can go, which yeah. is good competition. Right. And it kind of lets you know where your game is right. and kind of contest it against, against right. some players on that level. Right. But um, as a community, you know, we just have to just support each other, you know. Right. And, um, you know, just really just – and, I mean, really it's not about me at this point. Like, what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. You know, but right. really just – just helping kids at, coming after me right. to make sure they're not, you know, 37 and still out here on many tours and things of that nature. Right. You know, we should be, you know, just have a better support system for them, kind of like what the APJ is doing. They're, they're having they're having a better platform and a better feeder system for, for players coming out of college. Right. Whereas if I had that when I was coming out of college, then there's no telling where I'd be at right now at 37. Okay. Okay. I didn't have it, so yeah. I mean, didn't even, we barely didn't even have that tour when I got out. Of right, right, right. So just having all, having that support system, having the right resources in place, and just knowing what it takes to get on tour. Yeah, which is I think that's a disconnect sometimes. Right. With, with, with our community, you know, they really don't truly understand exactly what it does take to actually get to the PJ tour. They just think it's simple. Right. Like, Hey, you just show up for this tournament, shoot these numbers, and there you go. You're on your way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's way, way more complex than yeah. that. Because, I mean, the odds of you can play well and still not qualify for tournaments. But not necessarily saying you're not qualified to be on the tour. Right. You just didn't have your the right the right timing. Right. You know, because, right. like, for instance, I could shoot, like, I get 20-20. I shot 65 in the Monday qualifier. Thought I was in. Didn't make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's not, it's not saying that I'm not good enough to play out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. It was just... Against that particular field on that day with those conditions, that 65 just wasn't good enough. Right. They ended up getting me in the playoff, and I ended up losing in the playoff right. to get into the Corn Ferry right. event. So how many players were they taking in that one? Uh, four. Four? Yeah. Okay. I shot 65, um, then it was a, a 63, it was a 64, <laughs> then... And then I was it was two sixty fives. I played in the morning way, mm-hmm. and then in that afternoon wave it was six sixty five shot in that afternoon wave. So that was a that was an eight way playoff for two spots. Dang! At sixty five, seven on the park. Man, you thinking that would get you in? I know you, you were think thinking so. that. Yeah, but I mean, I can't I can't say because I didn't qualify at one time that I'm no. not. I can't disqualify myself and no, say no, I no, can't no. play out there. Right, right. Like I say, I can shoot that same 65 at another course 
and I could probably be leading the leading the field. Right. It just depends on the day and the condition. So you have to constantly be able to put yourself in those situations week after week. Right. You know, qualifier after qualifier. You may you're gonna miss way more qualifiers than you're actually gonna qualify. But right. the, the key is to be able to to stay out there. Cause I mean, every week that's five hundred dollars for for the Monday qualifier. You gotta pay for your hotel rooms. You gotta be able to get there. You gotta be able to feed yourself. You gotta be able to play your practice rounds. I mean, you're gonna be out of a thousand to fifteen hundred before you can tee your golf ball up. You might not make anything. Yeah. But if you don't have that support system monetarily, those fifteen. I don't know too many people that had disposable income right. like that to where you're right. gonna be able you to just, just just throw five six thousand dollars down the drain. Yeah. Right. I mean, not saying you're throwing it down the drain, because well, you're still getting good experience. Right. 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 But. To be able to have that cushion up right. under you to be able to constantly do it, right. let's say for a year, you might not make one qualifier for a whole year. Yeah. You might play some mini tour events, may have a good finish here or there, but right. after a whole year, you probably spend roughly about fifty grand. Yeah, who who has fifty grand just to just throw around? Yeah, but like I say, that's the disconnect with 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 that with black people. You know, right. they're not gonna throw. It. <laughs> They'd rather put fifty thousand right. on the stock market. It's right. a lot of other ways right. that you know our community, the way we, we that we're programmed, the way we think, we'd rather put it in some other avenues before right. before you throw it in a kid right. to um, play golf. Right. You know. Right. Right. But the bigger picture of it is that like you have guys that that get support. They have they have someone that give them that fifty thousand. Now let me just for one year they give it to them for five. Right. You know. Right. But look at what. Uh, Cameron Smith just made this past week. Yeah. You know, he just made three point five million. Yeah. Like that. That's a good investment. Yeah. I know you just saw the tiger with right. your parents. Yeah. His parents took out a second mortgage on the house. Just to pay for it. It takes things yeah. like that yeah. for, for a person to get there. That's what had him in tears. Right. Because it takes those type of Absolutely. things. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And a lot of people don't get it. You think yeah. my parents would have took out a second mortgage for me to play golf? I seriously doubt. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even expect them to do it. Right. Given the fact of you know right. the you know the situation yeah. you know yeah. but you it, it takes a little bit your your mind your mind your mind has to be a little bit wired a little bit different right. and understand the bigger picture of it. right if you right. understand the bigger picture then right. you you can see yourself right you know putting it out there right so that, that's what i would say is yeah. you know what we have to do but we we could do it better at a at an age where like you know give give a kid the time that they need like you know when they're coming straight out of college that's all i'm saying with uh the APGA tour, they have now. They got the APGA tour uh, collegiate rankings, where when they come out of out of the tour, they can they automatically got a tour that they can come play on. The tour helps pay for the entry fees for them to actually get that experience they need. They give them scholarships to go to Q school. They have that that system in place now, okay. to where, I, like I say, you 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 it'll it'll start reflecting the tour the way it looked in the eighties. You, right. You'll see you're gonna see more. More of us out on tour, probably. Right. I say in the next five to ten years, right. for sure. So yeah, man. I um, I mean, I was just, I was elated when um, when I found out you was from Memphis. I was like, man, I did not know. You know, we had a Memphis guy out there doing it like that. The only guy that I knew about was uh, Clay. I can't Clay Myers. Clay Myers. Yeah, yeah. I knew about him because friend. of. Uh, <laughs> The uh, the golf channel, what was the it big called? break, the big break. Yeah, yeah, I knew about him because of it, and um, I'm sure you know him. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, we got the same birthday. The really, yeah, oh, that's same. crazy, man. Yeah. yeah, so that's the only guy that I knew from Memphis that for sure, you know, that was at one time was trying to pursue it or whatever. I think he just started teaching or something. Now, yeah, he's the head pro at a uh, course in Dallas. Okay, yeah. cool, he's doing yeah. really well for himself. Yeah, I mean, he ended up going into the PG, the PGA. 
Um, he got his class A yeah. membership, so okay. you know he's uh, he's doing really good for himself. And yeah. He still plays from time to time, but I know he's more on the business side of it, now, right? Right. For the most part. Right. And I and so, do you think that the PGA? Um, well, what do you think about the new kind of avenues that the PGA has opened up for minorities, not only for his um, playing, but also trying to reach out to get minorities involved? With the business side of it, or get them involved with um, taking core the become uh, course superintendents or whatever you know. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? I think so. I think they're you know they're doing their due diligence yeah. to um, get you know get more minorities involved in it, and you know in all aspects of the game, even from not only just uh, you know course superintendents, head pros, and things of that nature, because you still have to go through the program, right? And they 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 do have like career placement for that, where they um actually they actually come to the to tournaments okay. um, and they're there to you know if someone needs a job or things of that nature they're, they are looking for for minorities to to come fill some spots because i mean that's the only way you're really going to go to game is right. to get that you know get that demographic over here right. to come over and you know filter into it right. so um yeah they, they they are doing you know they are putting some measures in place and doing some some things we just we just got back from New Orleans, played TPC uh, Louisiana, where they have the Zuri Classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the team event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then from there, we're gonna go play TPC Las Vegas. We got TPC Scottsdale on the on oh, pretty yeah. much all, all the TPC courses yeah. like Deer Run, where they have the John Deere Classic at yeah. um, Sugarloaf. Yeah. And uh, you know we even got. So you going back to Sugarloaf? Yeah, it's gonna be in June. Okay, yeah. so you looking forward to that, all right? Yeah. Last year I finished I think T fourteen. Okay. Which was pretty. It was yeah. okay. And, yeah. Um, I mean, so how do you how large do the fields be? Uh, it could be somewhere between I would say fifty to sixty guys. Okay. Sometimes seventy. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the that's on, pretty good. Then. Yeah, depending yeah. on location, things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. So is that the nicest course? That well, I guess it is that the the nicest one. The biggest tournament that you're looking forward to this year, Sugarloaf, kind of getting back there. Nah, I mean, really, I got. You know, really the the Monday qualifiers and really going to Q school and things like that. Those okay. are like the ones that I'm. Those tournaments are like pretty much just you know I look at it like you know getting the reps just so that when the bigger tournaments come, the ones that can that, that can get you to that next level. Right. When those come, I want to be ready for those. Right. Right. So the APJ tour is a good, it's a good, it's a good tour in order to you know play those courses that are going to be similar. To, yeah. to the, to yeah. the courses we're going to see in Q school. Yeah. And it just helps with preparation. Yeah. Because the ultimate goal is to get to the, get to the Corn Ferry Tour and, right. you know, inevitably get to the, the PGA Tour. Okay. So, so I thought that was like one and the same almost. So they are, but it's like a ladder system tour. Okay. So, okay. I mean, under, under the PGA Tour umbrella, they have, I want to say five tours. Okay. You got the PGA Tour, which is up top. Then right up under that is the Corn Ferry Tour. Okay. Then you have three tours that's under that. They're like international tours. So you got yeah. PGA Tour Canada. You got PGA Tour Latino America. Then you got uh, the Asian, uh, I think PGA Tour, I think Asia. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So those three tours lead you up that, up that ladder. Okay. And you really, you, the only way you can make a jump straight to the PGA Tour is through Monday qualifiers. So if you Monday in, and you have a good finish, you might get enough FedEx points to where you can secure your membership that way. Yeah. Other than that, you'll have to go through the Corn Ferry Tour, which yeah. is probably a, a better way because, I mean, you can play a full year out there, and then if you finish in the top 25, it's like you yeah, yeah. you kind of work your way into playing on a PJ Tour. Because right. most people that come off the Corn Ferry Tour, they're able to keep status right. because they got that experience they need of playing on that level, and from there, they're able to make that jump. Right. So it's um and then from there you got the tours up under there to where if you play on the PJ Tour Canada or Latino America if you finish I think top five or top ten 
they get you status to the corn fairy tour. Okay. And th- those tours also get you like exemptions into Q school, which is that's qualifying school for the corn fairy tour. Right. So they only have qualifying school for those three tours below the PJ tour. So you got Q school for PJ tour Canada, P- uh, Q school for PJ tour Latino America. Yeah. Then you got a Q school that happens for corn fairy tour. So those three, those Q schools, and the Monday qualifiers for the Corn Ferry and Monday qualifiers for PJ Tour. Those probably the, the events that you kind of gear yourself up for to, to be ready to play. So it's a lot more complicated than I thought. See, I mean, it's I, complex. Even somebody, I mean, I watch golf pretty much and every day. And the thing is, when I got out of college, I didn't understand it. Right. You know what I mean? And through the years, I've actually, I kind of understood how the, how the system works. Yeah. And like I say, these things are things that you need to know right. coming out right. of Absolutely. college so that you know what direction you need to take. Right. So right. those are things that I kind of had to bump my head along the way, and oh, okay, I need to be doing this, doing yeah. that. So it's just a yeah. lot of a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Even though you always knew the Monday qualifying route, right, 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 but, right, right. You know, being able to go to Q school and then Q school not being the the cheapest thing either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Q school will run you. What was it last year? I think entry fee if you paid it early enough, it was like fifty five hundred. Yeah. Or Six thousand. Then you have to travel to three different locations for a week. So that's a that's like fifteen hundred every time you go because you gotta have a hotel for a week, feed yourself for a week, pay for your caddy, things of that nature. So you're gonna be out of fifteen hundred, and that's three times. That's three times from from September, October, and November. So that's Dang. another forty five hundred on yeah. top of that fifty five. So that's ten grand, and you might not make it. <laughs> Dang, that's a yeah. lot. It's a lot too. It's more than I thought, man. So and I mean, you got guys out here that's been doing it, been trying for. Six seven years, yeah. you know. So just I'm I'm just on the low end. I'm just I can only do it outside of my means. Right. Like I say the bank they help out, which right. is thanks thanks to them. Yeah. But I've been doing this out of my pocket for the last ten years. So you, I guess you kind of work or whatever, stack some money, yep. and then try for it. Hustle, stack work, money, stack yep. money, then go for it. Yep. And eventually, last year it kind of panned out for me. I've been hustling, stacking. And then I went out to Sugarloaf. Yeah. It was like Kobe had. I was working at Top Golf. Yeah. Get it store. So I was at Top Golf. Love my job. Like you know, I was lead instructor there. It was great. At Top Golf. Yeah, I was lead instructor there. I didn't know they had like lead instructors at Top Golf. Oh yeah, yeah. They have a whole teaching of. Uh, um, Man, and I know it's that. called it's called Top Golf Coach. Okay. So you can actually go out there and get lessons at okay. Top Golf. Yeah. They have a director of instruction. They have like maybe two two other instructors on, on staff. Okay. And I was giving lessons there, you know, doing like uh, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, things of that nature, yeah. kids. Yeah. It, it was fun. Yeah. Like I have corporate events, so you might have a, like for instance, if they had a Top Golf here, FedEx might have, or International Paper might have a, a corporate event out there to have good food. Then they'll have like 10 bays set up to where they'll have it opened up to the, to the, um, to the event area right. where they have the food and so you right. just walk out of the event area go go get your bay hit balls and then i have a book for like maybe two to three hours right and they, they would hire a, a pro for the event and i just go through each bay and if they you know i could set up games for them if they want to do like a team skill building competition right. or something like that right i set that up for them and kind of facilitate everything and then okay. you'll have someone let's say that never played that works for the company and wants to get started right i'd be the one to give them that crash course on grip stand set up right you know, just get them and hitting it in the air to right. where they can have fun. Right. You know, so that was really good experience. But when COVID hit, um, I got furloughed in March because you know it's you're so closely in contact right. with each other. So ended up getting furloughed. So I um, took the money I saved up then, and I had lined me up for about four or five, four or five tournaments. Yeah. And um, Sugar Loaf was on that. I had, I think I lined up to. 
the Texas State Open qualifier. I had Sugarloaf lined up that the APJ tour event because they, they actually opened the tour back up in June. Okay. And that was the first event they had. Yeah. And I had been practicing because I was off, so I was just able to practice. That was the only thing they had pretty much open that you could do right. as an outdoor activity was right. to play golf right. during COVID. So right. I was at the golf course every day playing. Yeah. I had one of one matter of fact, one of the guys, and I really thank him a lot too, uh, one of my students. Um he he actually invited me out to his club and I used to play with him like every morning at 6 30. He invited me every day. We used to play because he he was out of work too. So yeah. So yeah, he, we were just playing golf yeah. every day. Like we'd be out there at 6 30. We would play 36 holes a day almost. Yeah, that's the life right there, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I mean, I missed it. I yeah. missed it. But um, we played literally from March, to see, April, May. We played literally about two months, like every day. Wow. Every day. 36 holes. Um, wow. Every day. And by the time, and I had been playing with him every day, he was seeing the scores I was shooting. He actually gave me three grand. And yeah, he, he gave me three grand. I took that three grand. Uh, went and played in those tournaments. I was not signed up for all those tournaments. And I finished second in the qualifier. I made, got qualified for the Tech State Open, and then I won, won the next one. Man, that's and awesome. And then from there, it just yeah, I just took off from there. Yeah. And then by the end of that year, I mean, I ended up I played in so many tournaments that year. I mean, I played pretty much the whole season on the APJ Tour that year in 2020. Yeah. I ended up finishing, uh, I believe, third on the Order of Merit. Okay. You know, I, had, I won that event. I think yeah. I had, um, I think I had a top. I finished T12 the event after that. Um, I had a T6, I think a T15, and it was enough to where I had enough points and I ended up finishing third. Yeah. So I got some bonus money from um, the, the Lexus Cup. Okay. Which they have an end of the year bonus pool with extra money. That's yeah. It. So I ended up getting another, I think, five grand from that. Plus I had one. Then I took that in that around October, November. That's when, um, you know, the, the bank had contacted right. me. Right. Okay. saw how I played and, yeah. you know, ended up getting that connection. You know, they ended up bringing me on, on staff with them as an ambassador. So I, you know, just ever thankful. Hey, that is great, man. So, so you really just kind of really getting going then. Yeah. yeah. So really, you, yeah. So yeah. you about to break out, man. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah, like I said, then 2021 was growing pains for me really. Yeah. Cause like I said, I never really traveled across the country. Never really played. I mean, it was my first time playing in, playing in the desert, yeah. you know, you know, really on the West Coast. I played on the West Coast, but not at this level. Right. Like right. when I did go to the West Coast, I was in, I was um, so going back to Tiger Woods in 1999. Just kind of going back a little bit. Yeah. He had a he had a junior golf team, which was the Tiger Woods Foundation National Junior Team. I was on that team in '99 and 2002. Okay. Where that's where I met his dad. I actually yeah. got a chance to meet his dad too. Yeah. Earl. He was yeah. a, he was a cool guy. Yeah. He was really really nice guy. Yeah. And um. I played in Junior World, the Junior World Championships that was at Torrey Pines. So that was my first introduction to Torrey. And like I said, that course was, that course was a monster. Like yeah. I think I shot 81, 82, 83, but I was 15. Right, so right. that was my only experience of playing in, in California when I was 15. I didn't even see golf the same way that I see it now. So right. going back when I'm in my 30s, it's different. Cause like, like I was saying in California, they got Poana Greens, they got Kukuya Rub. It's different grass out there. You yeah. go to the, and the ball flies different. Yep. Just things like that. So when you're on that ocean, the air is so thick, the ball doesn't travel that far. Yeah. Like if you hit it 300 yards and out there on that ocean, you hit it far. You hit it even further, you go, that's like yeah. 300 in, in California at Torrey Pines is equivalent to probably 340 in, in the desert. Yeah. Which is you go to Colorado, that's 360. Yeah. You go down south, that's 310, 315 at sea level. Yeah. So just learning how to play it all Man, these different yeah. areas and 
in these different elements. It's almost like a tennis player. Like you have good tennis players, but the world class tennis players, they can play on clay, they can right. play on grass, right. they can play on hard courts, right. they can play anywhere. Right. You know, and that's right. and that's the same thing in golf. Like the, the you look at the top ten or top twenty or even even the top one hundred players in the world, they can go from any part of the country and they can they're gonna they're gonna peg it up and they can play. Right. They're gonna be able to put it in the sixties right. wherever they go. Right. But you then know. you're gonna have certain players that you might only see on the floor to swing. Right. You have certain players you see when they go to Arizona or California. Right. You're gonna have your California kids that kind of pop up. You know right. who who grew up putting on Poana greens that know how to that know how to put on those. Yeah. Then the same thing. You go to the desert. You're gonna see certain people out that way that's gonna show up. When you get on the Texas swing down there, you're gonna have people that show up that's yeah. not gonna be able to play good out there because they're not familiar with the different areas. Yeah. Maybe be good enough to make money in that certain region, right. but they're not able to travel with the guy. Right. Right. But most of the guys on that PJ tour, all of them can travel. Right. They can, their guy ain't travels wherever they go. Right, right. I don't care where where they put it in the yeah. ground. They put it in the ground anywhere. They gonna they, go, they ready to ball. Yeah, they gonna ball out. Yeah. So you that's the, that's, that's the interesting. I never thought about that. I did think about it one time because I played on uh, amateur players tour, and um, it used to I used to play on what was called the Golf Week Amateur Tour. Yeah. And so uh-huh. we had our nationals out in South Carolina every year, and so I would notice that. Like when you would chip and stuff, like on certain grasses, it just seemed like the ball comes was spin there. more. Comes out different. Yeah, yeah. and then and like out the rough, like you talk oh, yeah. about. It's it just like come you go out to the Midwest you know? or up that way, they got that uh, rye. It's like a rye grass. Yeah. It's yeah. like a little thinner. Yeah. It's like a, it's a rye grass. So you have to, short game out there is totally different from chipping off Bermuda. Right. Or pitching out of Bermuda. Right. It's totally different. Right. Then right. also it depends what time of the year. Like right. Like right now the grass is dormant here. Right. So you got the Cali, it's, it's flush. Right. And then it, it gets even more technical. Like Dang. to where like the bounce of your wedge. Right. You need, you need a different type of bounce. Yeah. When you go out to California, you really want someone more bounce because it actually kind of jumps out of that rug. Yeah. And you really play those shots more like bunker shots. Yeah. Because I mean, it just comes out really hot. Yeah. With not a lot of spin, whereas you get down down south, you really don't want you don't want as much bounce as you want down there because the grass is a little bit more dense. Right. So it doesn't it just reacts different out of all those different grass. It's too much, man. And then yeah, it is. I mean, then like I say, you go up in the Midwest, you got bent grass greens up that way, which is they're softer, a lot more receptive. So therefore, you got to fly shots to the hole a little bit more. Whereas yeah. in Bermuda, you got to play for a little more release. Right. Which is I grew up on Bermuda, so that's what I'm. That, that's my home. Yeah. That's my happy place right. right there. But I'm saying it's just like getting your mind prepared for all this stuff. Is yeah, because immediately, enough, yeah, yeah immediately when you go into the course, it's like you automatically got to get adjusted to the grades. Right. You know, that's the first thing I do. Like as soon as I get to a course, I'm immediately going to the short game area and I'm finna put for probably three, four hours just to just get, to get just to get acclimated to yeah. it. Because I mean, especially when, for instance, this it's been kind of like I've been playing in tournaments. It's been rough on me because. My first tournament was actually in San Francisco. So, and for one, being in Memphis, you know, yeah. it's Bermuda, it's dormant. Right. Now I'm going all the way out here and it's like, it's pretty much like night and day. Man. You know, so it's just like trying to get acclimated today, which is, you know, I struggled a little bit. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't play as well as I wanted to, but yeah. it was really with the scoring shots where, where I kind of lost, right. lost all my strokes. Right. Ball striking was there, but the difference between that and winning tournaments really just being able to score, which that's around yeah. the short game yeah. and being able to put with. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh man, I want to thank you, man, for coming, man. I really want to see you hit a couple balls, man, if you don't mind. Nah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to the Burn the Edge podcast. A special thanks to J.P. Thornton for allowing us to get an inside look on a, a member of the APGA tour. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out wherever you listen to your podcast and also on YouTube. Thank you again for listening and watching.